A long time in the future in the Milky Way galaxy, it's the Vercozicast. Each month, join Nancy and Robin as they read through the Vercozican saga by Lois McMaster Bujold. From Borear to Jackson's Hole, from Cordelia to Miles, it's time to jump through a wormhole and explore the galactic nexus. I'm your host, Nancy. And I'm your host, Robin. And welcome to the Vorkosa cast. Today, Hello. Today we're discussing Shards of Honor, which was first published in June of 1986 and has the distinction of being the first full-length Vorkosigan saga novel. It is the second book in chronological order after Falling Free, which takes place about 200 years beforehand, and which is why we're not reading it as we and discussed. And I haven't even, last nope, week. hadn't even cracked it. <laughs> um, and in 1996, Shards of Honor was paired with the novel Berear in the omnibus Cordelia's Honor. Yay. And that is where I actually first read it. So, yeah, this is our first discussion. Uh, podcast i guess you could call it we had our yep. introductory episode last week or last uh, yeah yeah last week last week it was great uh this although we're recording in february this is technically our january book um so yeah we're Whatever. gonna try to keep close doing, enough yeah we will release <laughs> berear before the end of february because we're recording in, like right. in two weeks yes <laughs> we're just gonna be podcasting fools yes so thank you all for joining us and i'm super excited to talk about this book with you me too <laughs> um so I i'm really glad you recommended this book to me um but why don't you want to talk about sort of your overall overarching opinion about yeah. how you felt about all this yeah so this is you know the first book in chronological order um if you just go by the Vorkosigans and the first book in publication order. So either way, you know, it's sort of the introduction to the series and the saga as a whole. And I, um, when I, when I first read it, I was, I was confused a lot of the time. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I read, I read, I've read a lot more science fiction lately within the past several years. That's not Star Wars, but you know, I grew I grew up reading Star Wars books, and I I still read them a lot, and I I feel like I know that that universe pretty well. Um, and if there's something you don't know, you can just look Go it up Wikipedia. on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> um. There there is a Vorkosigan wiki. But I didn't want to go to it because I didn't want to, like, get spoiled by plot points, you know? Right. Like, I just wanted to Google, like, what the hell is Jackson's Hole or, you know, something like that. <laughs> um, so when I read it, I, w I was confused a lot. I actually um, – but I but I really enjoyed it. I, she's, she's a really good author. I really loved the relationship of Cordelia and Errol. It's one of the best romances I've read, like, yep. in, in – any sort in, of in any, genre. any in any genre. For yeah, me. and what I love about Lois McMaster Bujold most of all is that her characters are really human. Um, they're they're bad and they're good. Um, there, you know, there are some things that Errol Farquhar does in this book and has done in his past that are awful and would make you run away screaming from him and yet at the same time when he's talking to Cordelia I feel that he's very heartfelt very sincere and he also is I think at it at heart he's a kind person yeah I agree and 
his his world has dictated that he do things that he might not want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all end up having to make choices like that occasionally. Most of us not quite so drastic right? Um, as Errol's choices. But, um, you know, we're all flawed. And I love to read characters that that are that are that are so real yeah and this story really it just it just kicks it off in a good way um it's it's very it's totally different from the rest of the series you know Mm -hmm. the 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 first two books especially because they're you know about miles's parents and then the rest of the series really goes back to being about miles about miles but um, I I feel like it's it's a really important foundation, especially Burayar. Um, I actually read Burayar last week, and uh, I was just like, yeah, I feel like if you don't read this book without, you know, b- before reading Miles's adventures, you don't really understand why well, he it is the so way he is. So much world building. Yeah. Um, if you don't have that foundation going into the subsequent books, none of it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what about you? You've read this a lot, uh, more recently recently. than me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was really engaged right from the get go. Um, I love a good, strong female protagonist, Mm -hmm. um, who is not just strong in a traditional, like, or, or not traditional, but in a in a warrior sense, which I right. I also love, but that's not who Cordelia is, right? Um, I mean, there, she's she's got a little bit of that going on, but mostly she's just a super smart, take charge kind of girl. Yeah. Um, and I love. I mean, the whole book, the the her relationship with Errol is central to. That's the whole plot, basically. Yeah. Um. And I absolutely adore them together. Mm-hmm. I just think they're lovely. Um, I loved the the buildup of their romance. I loved the um, that they were both so un or, or that Cordelia was so unsure of it because not because of him, but because of the society that he lives in. Um, she was always very sure about him and who he was, but not the world he inhabits. Right. Because she comes from such a different place. Such a different place. <laughs> Could not be. I mean, they are literally different planets. And, like, it's... It, we talked about this last week, but it's, like, it's so frustrating, like, in how some ways I love Berear with all its traditions and mm-hmm. the the Imperium and just, like, all the fancy balls and all the protocol. Like, I'm I, sure they've got great clothes. Yeah, and I love all that stuff. But then it comes with the whole, like, sexism and, uh, you know. Ableism. Yes, and, very yeah. much mm-hmm. ableism. And, yep. you know, Cordelia saying Berear eats its children, which is accurate yep um so yeah i i mean cordelia makes a choice in this book to leave everything she's known and go be with errol and it never once felt to me like a a weak choice like she's giving up everything to be with him no but well they also give you good reasons why she leaves like beta colony is not this you know shining city on a hill no it's it has its own problems. Um, 
So she leaves one flawed society to go to a different flawed society. Mm-hmm. Um, but if she hadn't done that, she wouldn't get to be with Errol. So right, <laughs> you know that's that's that wouldn't be a tough choice. I don't think for me anyway. Right. Um, so why don't we get go into the nitty gritty of the book and okay. kind of just discuss it. I'm ready. Plot. Um, so I divided the book into two parts. <laughs> part one is when Cordelia met Errol. <laughs> and then part two <laughs> is the whole Escobar war, which... The thing that I mostly was like, just get that kit. When can they be together again? <laughs> like, I know it was important to the yeah. plot, but mostly I just wanted Cordelia and Errol to be back together. <laughs> yeah, what, that was one of the things when I was first reading it, like, I didn't get, like, that I didn't... It didn't click in my mind that time had gone past. Uh-huh. I you like I'm like oh shouldn't there be like a part one or a part two? You know. <laughs> I'm smart. Well now there is. Now you've made them. I know I have made them. <laughs> um, so chapters one through three are basically Cordelia and Errol meeting on this planet that the Barrians have claimed. Um, the Batons do not realize that, so they are there to explore. Um, the, the planet is not named in this book, but it's a later named Ser- Sergiar. So for, uh, that's very Russian. Yeah. For sake, for sake of, you know, continuity, I'll call it and it's easier to say. So, okay. Is it, so it's named after the, the prince. Do you say that Serg or Serge? Is this a gif or a gif? <laughs> well, it's Sergei in Russian. Okay. So, so Sergiar. I would right, think. so Sergiar okay. would be my That's guess. what I've been saying, so good. Yeah. So we start off with Cordelia, a cr- commander Cordelia Naismith, who is Woo-hoo. on an on expedition with the Bachin Astronomical S- uh, Survey, which is, I wrote society in the show notes, that's not right. <laughs> it's a club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but... Um, this and it's like it's a very elite organization like you you kind of think like oh they're just explorers but like in on beta colony that's like a it's a big deal right. um so she and her, her um one of her ensigns ensign dubar is um they see their shuttle leave from the camp and they're like oh that's and they're like uh what that's bad <laughs> that was our ride <laughs> they get, this is a problem yes they get back to camp. They're confronted by a soldier, um, and uh, Dubar is shot by a nerve disruptor. And there's several types of weapons in the galactic nexus. Um, the one that most civilized societies use are stunners, uh, and they just stun you, obviously. You just get passed out for a little yeah. while. It's fine. Yeah. Um, there's also Rayar, nerve- however, has uh, some nasty things. Yeah, nerve disruptors, which I think are probably illegal on other planets. I probably that would definitely not surprise me. Beta, um, but yeah, they they just kind of scramble you all up. Um, and uh, plasma arcs, which is just basically like flamethrowers. <laughs> um, Cordelia passes out, and she wakes up to another soldier who there who is. Uh, introduces himself as Captain Errol Verkozigan. And can I just say I love their meeting when he's like, identify yourself. And she's like, Commander Cordelia Maysmith, Bait and Astronomical <laughs> Survey, non-combatants. And she's all like annoyed with him. Yeah. But I, I also love it because it's um 
even though the Barreirans are are so militaristic and you know they've they've shot the ensign with a nerve disruptor and everything like and it might just be Errol um you know who's who's more into like the pro- the ni- niceties of war that um he there there's never any sort of like hostility between them other than the fact that they're enemies you right know, and i they're think from that- different not even enemies at this point they're just different they're they're just from different worlds you know yeah and that's that type of uh soldiering i suppose is really modeled on the ideal of the uh i know most about british history so excuse there there are probably other societies that did this but the 18th and 19th centuries the british soldier was supposed to be you know honor was paramount you right. didn't do anything to sacrifice your honor or your gentlemanliness or you know um you didn't engage in combat that was beneath you that kind of thing um so that is a long standing tradition yeah in really traditional armies and it's i mean it's it says a lot about him you know as a you know as a as a person because we we see later on the the exact opposite of who the the kind of soldier that oh arrow God, is yes. um <laughs> so but yeah like they 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 kind of me and there's i mean they're they're frosty to each other at least cordelia is frosty towards him um but you know he there there's never anything like oh are you gonna kill me it's he's like you know well we you know we're gonna br- take bring you back to you, beta you're or, my prisoner yeah. and now yeah yeah when, when when all is said and done you will you'll be sent back through the proper channels and you know all of that that all that will be nice yep. <laughs> um he explains that he's been the subject of a mutiny um and cordelia is like oh ho <laughs> and like um so they he's basically like yeah we need to go find this weapons cache uh that's several days hike away um and you know she insists that they take dubara with them and errol and he's like what no yeah he doesn't understand he's like why he's you know basically for him he's that uh that uh he um sorry i just lost my train of thought that <laughs> he he thinks it would be um but be- he thinks it would be better to just put him out of his misery so to speak right. you know that's not me making a judgment call that's errol's judgment call <laughs> right um and and that's because he says this is no kind of life right and that's that's the kind of uh society barrera is and yep. um you know cordelia is like no we have to bring him bring him back and and she does you know she treats him with dignity um and then you know when they're back on beta colony for you know at farther at near the end of the book you know she and she tells errol that you know he he didn't get better you know and she wonders did she make the right decision did she do the right thing um which you know, i found very very relatable <laughs> yeah um and you know that's you know it's one of the things that people like talk about um you know just 
hypothetically in real life, um, you know, I, I mentioned my aunt with Alzheimer's and she used to say to me, I remember her telling me that if she ever got Alzheimer's to just shoot her <laughs> and, you know, uh, and, and that's I, what you know, happened. <laughs> uh, I have, I have said that to people about yeah. my own, uh, you know, I have, I have dementia and Alzheimer's that run on both sides of my family. Mm-hmm. And so this is my grandfather my grandmother, different sides, and my great-grandfather right. have all had dementia and or Alzheimer's because they're different things. Right. Um, and I said to my sister recently, I was like, you know, if that happens, just let me go. Like, mm-hmm. don't. Well, and the sad thing is, is like, you can't really even say that because like, I mean, my aunt is, you know, she's still relatively healthy. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, she doesn't need help eating right now. She doesn't need help, you know, moving around or anything. She can still walk. Um, But like, you know, eventually she's going to deteriorate. But, you know, you can't just stop taking care of her, you know, because yeah, no, just it's, lay there it, and die. And yep. so it's, and that's not what you want either. Right. So it's, it's so yeah, hard. It's, and it's, I mean, and this is the kind of thing why I, I really applaud her as an author because she doesn't ever take the easy way, way out, no. you know? Um, and th- I mean, these books, one of the things of sort of an overarching thing that I love about them is that they tackle things that most sci-fi particularly does not tackle right um it asks really hard questions and posits really difficult problems right um that don't really have a good answer i think errol says you know what do you do when all the choices are evil <laughs> yep exactly like yeah what do you do how do you 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 have to you really then do have to choose the lesser of two evils yep and how do you come to that decision and then what do you do when the the choice that you know is the right one as is a terrible choice there, there's a scene in Berear which i don't want to get ahead of myself but um there's there's Errol has to make a decision as the regent of Berear that is tearing him apart and he hates that he has to make this decision but he knows that it's the only decision that he can make um and even Cordelia is like you know, trying to give him advice. And then she's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, you, you know what it is. And she's like, oh, that's not what I wanted you to do. That's not what I wanted to hear <laughs> at all. But I mean, you know, it's, I, I, I see, I see both sides. I see why yep. he has to do what he has to do. And, um, Cordelia has to make some hard decisions too. Oh God. Yeah. Um, but that's what I, I find so relatable about, yeah. Not that I've ever personally had to be in right. that position making that kind of decision, right. but it's nice to see characters, mm-hmm. you know, to identify with their struggle. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so right now we're still struggling to get them to like introduce themselves <laughs> to each other. Yeah. Um, so they cross the planet um, and Errol, you know, Errol is planning to take back control of a ship. Um, Errol identifies the soldier that Cordelia saw in the camp as Sergeant Bathari, who becomes a very important character. Very important. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, it was, that was the thing, like I, when I noticed the mention of Bathari and then later on Kudelka, I'm like, oh, oh, those are their first introductions. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. so I love Cordelia's job title, Astro Cartographer. 
Yeah, and that I, sounds super fun. It's great. Um, I do had I had a little head tilt moment when Cordelia mentioned the remains of the woman's tent um, in her camp. That really surprised me because Beta Colony is very um, egalitarian and progressive, especially like when it comes to like sexually. <laughs> um, so it surprised me that they were segregated by gender. She probably hadn't come up with that yet. Yeah, I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, I, yes, you are correct. Um, it also it also made me wonder because, like, you know, there weren't any. I don't think there are any other women on her team that I can recall. So maybe it was just her. Yeah, maybe it was her tent. Yeah, I know. I'm like, where are the other women? But um, but yeah, Beta Colony is crazy. Um, I mean, Barrera yeah. Barrera is I mean, crazy sounds- one way. Beta is crazy a totally different way they have literally they have earrings to denote your um your status like whether you're an adult whether you're looking for a relationship whether you're in a committed relationship whether you're in a committed relationship but looking for others and then what are you looking for are you looking for a man a woman a hermaphrodite are you a hermaphrodite yes Mm -hmm. uh all three of them (laughs) it's just a big party all the time yeah um also i never want to eat oatmeal and artificial blue cheese salad dressing (laughs) um they keep talking about it they talk about it for like 10 pages and every time they talk about eating it together i was gagging i was like that is the most revolting like textural yeah but i love how cordelia's like how how they're their opinion of the salad dressing is like well it has a lot of uh it has a lot of calories so it'll be good good. i'm like i'm like that reminds me of mara something mara jade would say that is absolutely something mara jade would say (laughs) so like well it's got all the calories so just eat it suck it up and eat it Mm -hmm. So as they're walking, they talk a lot about their backgrounds, and this is when they start to, like, fall in love. love. Um, Cordelia finally recognizes him as the quote-unquote butcher of Kamar, um, and they discuss um, what what happened there. Um, and this, this actually becomes a very, like, long-standing, not plot point, but it, it's referenced a lot in the series. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, a lot of s- several books take place on Komar. Um, they talk about Errol's first marriage, um, his family dying at the hands of Mad Emperor Yuri, which I just love that name. <laughs> Mad Emperor Yuri. <laughs> There's Mad Emperor Yuri, Dorka the Just, like. <laughs> Dorka's the one I can't get over. Yeah. I just my my 1980s brain yeah. is like, oh, you're such a dork. <laughs> Um, they also talk about Cordelia's past relationship and then her father's death in a shuttle port accident, which was really sad. Um, but like, I, I loved the way, like, they talked about their relationships, but without talking about them, they're like, oh, my, my friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Errol, Errol slips, uh, and she's like, oh, she wondered if like, if it was so transparent with her story too Mm -hmm. (laughs) and her story was like so sad and like and i i liked i liked the 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 whole idea that like they were talking about children and like 
it was a sore spot for Cordelia and obviously something that she wanted a lot. But, but you her know, partner, clearly. Yeah. But it was just one part of who she was. You know, it's not like the traditional, you know, woman. Oh, I want to just get married and have kids. Like, babies, it was, yeah. It was just one. And, and it's not, you know, the complete opposite where it's like, I don't need no man or woman. You know, it's just... um. It's, she just has this longing for yeah. children, but that doesn't define who she is. Right. And it also probably stems from where she's grown up because, she, you know, this is touched on in Berear, but like on Beta Colony, you have to get a license and you mm-hmm. have to, you know, it's illegal to remove your implant, your contraceptive implant without, you know, a license and going yep. through all the classes and everything. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not something she can just do on her own do yeah no like i have a cousin who you know is in her late 30s and hadn't gotten married and she went and you know went got pregnant and yep and had i have a friend that is 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 doing that right now she's just decided that she hasn't found somebody that she wants to be with and so she's just gonna have a baby yeah and I'm, i'm pretty sure you can do that on beta colony but it's it's probably a lot harder to like get Get a license license and stuff yeah Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I would, uh, I, I noted in this, one of the exchanges I noted is that, um, when, sh- when they're discussing what to do with Dubauer, um, and, you know, uh, she says, is that what you do for one of your men? Like basically shoot them. And he says, certainly. And they do the same for me. No man could wish to live on like that. Um, keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yep. Because this is uh, foreshadowing. This will come back to haunt uh, us. This is foreshadowing for how many? Fourteen years, I think. I don't know. I I maybe twenty four years. So yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Um, also, this part makes me swoon. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll. Can you read that one? Do you want to sure. read that one? Yeah. <laughs> For Kozigan grinned like a boy over his shoulder at her and dogged after his prize. Oh, she murmured, stunned herself by the effect of the grin. It had lit his face like the sun for that brief instant. Oh, do that again, she thought. Then she shook off the thought. Duty. Stick to duty. Yay! I love that. That's so adorable. Oh, do that again. I know, right? (laughs) But it's never like she never comes across as flighty or, you know, or, you know, going too far in the opposite direction. She's just Cordelia. And I I love it. Um, They arrive at the weapons cache. Errol takes back command and it's very uh, um, it stirs emotions in me (laughs) to see him (laughs) take control charge like this and i imagine it stirred up the same emotions nancy is going oh do that again yeah, exactly <laughs> um so he rests the mutineers informs everyone he's not dead we meet kudelka who is one of errol's supporters in the mute in the mutiny um two of the mutineers escape the camp and are uh but they leave them on the planet to be picked up later and they all launch to the ship in orbit which is the general warcraft and cordelia is given the admiral's quarters um so i I, there was a one passage i didn't write it down but there's after they lift off in the shuttle and cordelia's just like staring out the window and she's noting like how fast 
everything is going by like mm-hmm. it took them four days to to cross what they what the shuttle did in like a few minutes <laughs> and i was like that that was that was just a really good like yep thing to to point out yep um i also loved this this line youth it appeared was full of illusions as to how much sexual energy two people might have to spare while hiking 40 or so kilometers a day, concussed, sun, stunned, diseased, on poor food and little sleep, alternating caring for a wounded man with avoiding becoming dinner for every carnivore within range, and with a coup to plan for at the end, old folks, too, of 33 and 40 plus. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Some days I feel like that. Cordelia's like, really, guys? Like, yep. I just, no. <laughs> I have just avoided literal blood-sucking jellyfish. <laughs> oh, my God. They were so gross. I the loved that. They were gross, but also cool. Yeah. Um. So, uh, chapter five, they're on the ship, and Errol proposes marriage. <laughs> it's a little bit out of the blue. It's a little out of the blue, a little early. Not gonna lie. Uh, he says that he, he knew when she was throwing up in the ravine, which is like the first time he saw her. Oh, it's so romantic. And she's like, okay. Uh, what? <laughs> um, so, um... He reveals that Berear is considering invading Escobar through Sergiar. Uh, this will be a problem since Beta Colony is an ally of Escobar and marriage for now is off the table. Off the table. <laughs> um, so earlier, Cordelia had told her subordinates to basically leave, you know, leave them when they were on the shuttle. Um, they told her like what happened and she's like, OK, leave, you know, we'll be we'll be fine just get out of here um they don't listen and they come back to rescue her uh and she's like what are you guys doing here what are you doing (laughs) i thought i gave you an order i gave you an order we had a plan stop this and they're like well but we found these two guys we actually they say they they found they they looked up the name of the ship and they found out that arrow verkozingen was the captain of it and they were like we can't leave you with him yeah, they didn't want her to leave. They didn't want to leave her with the butcher of Kamar. And she's like, "Oh God, you idiots!" <laughs> um, so they they found two of the guys, um, the mutineers who had escaped, and they basically like formed an alliance of convenience to get the the Batons up to the ship to rescue Cordelia, while the mutineers would take over from Errol. Um, and they would use the distraction to escape. Cordelia, of course, isn't going to just, you know, take things lying down. She because goes, that's not who she is. She's not. Uh, she goes to the engine room. She uses Vorkosigan's word to try to appeal to the mutineers. And the, the word as Vorkosigan is a, is a big deal. Um, and this is her, the first instance of her acting as Lady Vorkosigan to save the day uh it's she does it a lot <laughs> um and i would suppose after Berear, she does it even more that we just don't see on page um and she finds out kudoko was hit by a nerve disruptor on the planet which disturbs her um and she reluctantly leaves with her crew um and i was like but no but but i know oh, damn it <laughs> i know that's how i felt about the end of that chapter <laughs> also to note is that cordelia was hit by a nerve disruptor 
um but just like just in her thigh and like she has no feeling in that one part of her thigh <laughs> which i can relate to because i have a section of my thigh that has no feeling so <gasps> you are you know, cordelia i am cordelia <laughs> just dye her hair red again <laughs> they always you describe her hair that as could be coming later in the year they always describe her hair as red roan and it i don't know why that bothers that's me. a horse color yeah <laughs> i mean i get the, i get the point but like i wouldn't want my hair described as yeah. a horse but i also like that she describes herself several times in the series as not pretty um, which you know is is odd for a heroine of a of a book. I mean, like you know, usually the heroines say they're not pretty, but they really are. But I get the feeling like Cordelia and Errol are actually not attract like can, traditionally attractive, right? But it's just like their personalities and yeah, they look good. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to a time jump. Cordelia is now a captain in the Baton Expeditionary Force, which is a the military. Uh, she leads a group of ships through the wormhole in defense of Escobar. Um, she's basically leading a distraction so they can send in uh, weapons to the surface of Escobar. Um, her ship is taken captive, which, you know, she's planned for. Um, but this time, the um, the people in charge are not great. Uh, the Admiral is Guess Veruder. How would you say that name? Uh, vor- Hold on. I'm- <laughs> well, it, so I don't speak Russian, um, but if it were French, which it's not, um, it'd be Verutier. Yeah. Um, I, v- I, always, I always just said Veruder and just ignore the Y. <laughs> <laughs> this is what and- I do, like... I, I kind of like make a shortcut in my brain for pronunciation. And then when I actually have to say the words out loud, I'm like, oh, You're like, uh, I actually yeah. take out letters of these words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I would I would say it sort of phonetically. So Verutier, but Verutier. that's who knows I've gone, until we get the audio books. We won't know. I've gone through 12 books saying Veruder. I'm just okay, going to keep you saying say Veruder. whatever you want. So um, he is basically, uh, you know, torturing he's a, Cordelia. He's a sadist. He is like a, he, in the in the full on sense of that is a sadist. Uh, he's terrible. Um, also, he and Errol had a thing, uh, which surprises me. Yeah. Not not that Errol had a thing with a dude, but like that Errol chose this guy well, to have a thing with. Well, and as you know, as we learn, Errol was not in the best state of mind after his wife died, and you know, well, n- no one really is. So. Yeah, but we we hear the story that you know his wife was unfaithful. Um, Veruder, I think it was Veruder who told him, mm-hmm. and he ended up killing the men in a duel in duels but everyone just assumed the two men killed each other so he wasn't um punished so he for didn't it prosecuted or anything yeah and and yeah. he would have which ha- he now feels guilty about yes very much so in the next book <laughs> um so uh he um you know he just basically f- and then his wife committed suicide um which They've never really, you know, that it was declared a suicide. People, a lot of people assumed that Errol killed her. Um, but also Errol never really knew um, if 
his father was behind it. <laughs> um, right. That, and we learn that his father is not um, a good guy. <laughs> the nicest of characters. I mean, well, that's the other thing. Like, there are times when I genuinely like Piotr, and then there are mm-hmm. times when I despise him. <laughs> yep. Um, but um, this is jumping way ahead, but I was I was reading through some of my favorite bits of a civil campaign recently, and there's a really wonderful conversation between Miles and Errol, um, and they Errol discusses you know the incident with his first wife, and um, you know that um, many people thought you know his father had or- organized or arranged her death or killed her Mm -hmm. because he'd arranged the marriage and miles was like miles is thinking knowing what he knows of his granddad that that isn't really like surprising not too far-fetched not too far-fetched and then he's like did you ever ask him and errol says no because what would i have done if he had said yes (laughs) and it's such a good line (laughs) and it's like yeah like what was he gonna do like he's heir to the, his countship like they, there's nothing you can there's do nothing you, what, what are you gonna do if you find out that that happened um but anyway like yeah he was just not in a good place he was having an affair with Bruder, who's a sadist then and a even more sadist now and worse now uh you know eventually errol errol got his head on straight which is which is Ooh. good um but uh you know Verder is always still kind of had a you know wanted revenge on Errol um and uh, he sees Cordelia Cordelia's as his, there uh, as yeah. as that gateway and he he doesn't know who you know he doesn't know who she is at first and he calls in Sergeant Bathari to rape her um which is apparently things a he's thing been doing do. mm-hmm. um which uh, there's another character who is super conflicted bathari <laughs> Dude, he he's not just conflicted he is yeah well uh, i guess you messed could say, up is a small way to talk about it yeah i guess i mean more like i that i have conflicted feelings about oh okay because like he i mean he's not a I, I wouldn't say he's not what you would call a good person, but he's also, like, been the victim of circumstance, you know? Um, and and mental health troubles. Yeah, yeah. Very very um, much on a, on a planet where... Th- that is not, not something that you have. No, it's not taken care of very well. Mm-mm. So, so um, you know, Bathari sees her, and they kind of, like make eye contact and Bathari's like no sir that's uh uh that's commander Verkozigan's prisoner or, right and she's like and he's like oh that's fantastic i will rape Wait, her we'll myself make it even worse right so he's like getting ready to rape her he like slices her uh thigh in in the part where she has no feeling <laughs> um so that's a bonus right um and like this scene is not fun (laughs) um i was i was actually really close to noping out of the book when i read this when i read this chapter i do not blame you and um you know the only reason i kept going was because i knew my my friend had read you know the whole series and liked it so much and i'm just like okay this this has to not not go the way it goes and like i i I feel like also the fact that it was written by a female author had me more um, 
willing to forgive the whole like violence sexual violence against women trope <laughs> um cuz cuz you know she she is she shows the consequences of it both in what happens to Bathari and then what and happens what to happens his victims to Right. And to Cordelia, and how to Cordelia. she feels about it afterwards. Right. And, and you know, like the whole scene, like Cordelia is trying to stay in control and she's like, I'll just lay here. Like, you know, remembering what it was like with her, with her former partner, you know, she's mm-hmm. like, I'll just lay here, you know, and, you know, but then, you know, things get out of hand and she, you know, starts freaking out and, um, you know, Bathari just, you know, rears back and slices, uh, Gruder's throat. <laughs> and that's the end of him. Yeah. Good job, Bathari. <laughs> yep. Um, so she's just like laying there on the bed, you know, naked, tied up, and then the door busts open and she's like, Oh crap, and it's Errol and um Simon Ilion, who is a, a very important person in the series. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, they barge into the room and I'm like, Oh, Cordelia, that's not the greatest way to make you know, make acquaintance with your son's future boss. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh well. Yeah. I mean, I I assume by that point he's uh, yeah, he's forgotten that first impression. Well, no, because Simon has a memory chip and remembers everything. Oh, that's right. God. Nope. Well, I guess he hasn't forgotten that. <laughs> nope, then. he has not. Um. So yeah. Uh. My my question for this part was did cordelia do you think cordelia orchestrated herself getting captured because she thought she might get to reunite with errol i don't know if it was a conscious decision um but i do think that she wasn't bothered about being captured yeah i mean like she she may not have been like i'm gonna get captured so i can be back with errol but i think she may have gone but if i you get captured it's really not that bad yeah because she's you know she's telling herself like this is the plan and like you know they um her crew members say you know we'll blow up the ship like we've heard how they treat their female prisoners and she's like nah we're, we're fine no it's fine it's fine we'll be fine but again she's thinking everyone is like errol and at this point in time it's it's not um and as as we find out, there this whole well, yeah, war and I think is... she had a false sense of security about it because Errol had treated her so nicely. Yeah. She was like, Psh, "That's how they treat all their. That's how everybody treats their prisoners." Yeah. And then this thing with um, Verudor Verutier, whatever his name is, <laughs> really is a is a terrible wake up call for her. Right. Um. So. Chapter eight is basically Cordelia and Bathari are are hidden in Errol's cabin. They don't want anyone to find out what happened. Um, Prince Serg and um, Verhollis, who's the admiral, go to lead the ground invade. I, I don't know if he's the admiral, but he's one of the military guys. He goes to they go to lead the ground invasion of Escobar. Um, and Errol is sort of playing this part and trying to convince Serg not to go, but of course he's like baits him and serg is like i can i'm, I'm gonna, gonna go do it and no matter the, what you know yeah um their flagship is obliterated errol takes command and orders a full retreat as he advised the emperor and his ministers 
Um, he reveals that the Escobarans are using, or he's, as they call them, Escos, <laughs> which <laughs> is not what used later on in the series. Um, they're using plasma mirrors, which kind of like they reflect the weapons back on you. Which, which it, is a really cool idea. Yeah. And it's a new weapon uh, brought from Beta Colony. And he says um, that Cordelia told him in her sleep. Uh, but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> also, I really love this next exchange. Oh, it's so good. Do you want to read it together? Sure. I'll be Errol. You can be okay. Cordelia. Okay. You seem as calm as moonlight on the water. Is that pretty? Very. It sounds nice. We don't have either one at home. She was absurdly pleased by the compliment. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> no, you seem as calm as moonlight on the water. And oh, that's lovely. And and it's it's such a good compliment, but it's also world building, you know, because yep. Beta Colony, they in, don't have in it. In one sentence, you understand that they don't have, yeah. you know, She's such a good an writer. underground colony. Yeah, really good. Um, So Cordelia is really pissed off about you know errol or her um them drugging her like mm -hmm. they say that they drugged her and simon's like oh good job <laughs> and errol's like it's harmless like it's fine and she's like she feels super violated <laughs> and when i was reading the book for the first time i felt super felt violated. violated yep <laughs> did you were you like oh, errol for goes again and i felt a little not so much there, but when we get back to her on Beta Colony, mm -hmm. I felt really violated about what Beta Colony was doing to her. Yeah. Um, but she she sort of figures out, like, no, that's not what happened. Like, they had to have known about... You, you knew about this beforehand. Yeah. And, you know, er Errol... Um, you know that she figures out this is some sort of elaborate political assassination um which you know is sort of azar's emperor azar's way of cleaning house <laughs> right because he knew that these that his heir was not an appropriate like they were just going to run it into the ground right and so he had to figure out a way to get rid of him yeah it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a Super complicated plot, um, and Errol, Errol is just not happy about it because, like, he, well, he doesn't think it's honorable. It's not honorable, but there's also like you know thousands of men who died, um, because of this. But right. he also knows that Sir could not have gained control of the the crown. Um, so again, that would have been disastrous. Yeah, and like it's sort of Azar's way of giving Serg an honorable death, like because mm -hmm. he's like he's considered a hero. Like I, I, I think I mentioned this in the I did, I did the show notes for for Brer already, but like the number of people who know about this is can be counted on one hand. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's the only way you can keep a secret. Yeah. And um, so ev to everyone else, like, Serg is, Serg was, you know, killed in battle as a as a hero. And so so much so and that that's they... that's the best you can do on Berear. Yeah. Like and they name the planet after him, Sergiar. So, um, 
but you know azar you know he they uh errol um so yeah he 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 goes along with it but he's not happy about it um they um she's taken to the brig the prisoner there is taken away um and while she's alone the ship is attacked um she breaks her arm She's brought to a POW camp on Sergiar, like right where the weapons cache where we was. Started. And she's like, oh, of course. Right. <laughs> it was a really cute reaction. Um, one of the crew, one of her crewmen like mentions, oh, I heard you killed Veruder. And, sh- and then the story just spreads all over. And she's like, no. No, guys, that's, that's not, not how it went. Happened. But nobody listens. No one listens. And they all think she's great. And she's like, no, wars not make one great. <laughs> uh so errol has been re-promoted to admiral um they get alone time to discuss the true reason for the invasion of escobar um and you know he explains the emperor's dying and not only did he want to uh arrange um serg's assassination but basically wanted to destroy the entire war party so they didn't take control during his grandson's regency because you know she's like why not just you know arrange an assassination and and you know errol explains no because the war party would take over and and as you get all of his cronies because yeah yep and as you can see in berear as as you will see uh you know azar had a reason to worry about what he did yep <laughs> even after doing what he did and arranging what he did um errol proposes again and cordelia this is time number two says no again um because berear eats his children which prophetic yep <laughs> um yep um on Cordelia's request, Errol arranges for a marker for one of her um, old subordinates who was killed on the planet, Rosemont, the one that they buried. Um, and I thought that was very, um, That's very, very sweet. touching. Yeah. Um, also, while they're in the camp, an Escobar and Tech delivers a supply of 17 uterine replicators to Kvorkozigan. Uh, and Errol's like, what am I supposed to do with these? And he's like, they're prisoners of war. You figure it out. And so Errol <laughs> basically promises, uh, gives his word to take care of them. Which is also sweet. Yeah. Also uh, kind of, I mean, this this is where I say like Lois McMaster Bridgerald isn't afraid to explore the consequences of people's actions. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, they raped, they raped women and now the story moves on. It's they're traumatized by it um and oh there's babies and now we have to figure out what to do with them <laughs> yep um so um it's it's so th- this is a funny thing um the uh azar um was trying to convince errol that this was the right thing to do and to go along with it and um errol was like no and uh, Errol says he started with a bribe the vice royalty of this planet in fact when it's colonized and he was like nope fun hmm. fact hmm. <laughs> Errol becomes <laughs> vice royal of vice region anyway <laughs> no no vice royal of the planet oh so so basically when the planet was co- open for colonization mm-hmm. Errol would be sent as sort of the the 
head of the colony. When does that happen? Did I miss that? Nope. It happens much later. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Much, much, much later. Wow, that seems like a big point to have missed, Robin. (laughs) So it's basically um, once uh, once Miles... So Miles spends most of his books away from Barayar, Mm -hmm. um, and that's a way to, like, separate him from his parents and give him the the spotlight and also you know he has galactic adventures right. but once he sort of returns to Barrier and stays there for a while then she ships off Cordelia and Errol to Circular <laughs> <laughs> but I read that line and I just kind of laughed because I'm like that's what you're gonna do anyway Azar <laughs> always gets what he wants <laughs> um, and so even though Cordelia says no they kiss and it's lovely. And it's lovely. <laughs> I mean, th- this whole conversation was really lovely. I mean, it's it's a hard conversation because they're talking about terrible things. But, like, you really feel like they're two people who just respect each other. And that's sexy. <laughs> yep, it really is. And then they kiss. And then Simon Ilion comes back. So Simon Ilion has basically been trailing Errol, like, as part of, like a deal like Errol has to be under surveillance all the time so like he asked for a moment alone with Cordelia and this basically has to be like come on dude just let me be alone with her right, give me like we have two things to seconds. discuss and so Ileon comes back and he's like oh should I congratulate you sir and he's like no and he's Unfortunately like not but you're kissing <laughs> they don't understand <laughs> uh, poor Simon <laughs> so um then we get to part three where cordelia is becoming lady workhouse again um which it has, it has it's a long way to get there yep um so she's a tra- whole book even yeah she travels back to beta and tries to avoid the therapists um because they keep telling her that things happened that didn't happen yeah i mean talk about gaslighting yeah um so like it's funny because uh she gets there and like the president is there and like she has to do this big speech and she like and they like ambush her with it yeah he knees her in the groin (laughs) um but yeah Yeah, i liked that moment yeah um i I, well never mind i won't say that (laughs) we know what you're gonna say it's fine everyone knows what i'm thinking Um, and one of my things is one of my favorite exchange or lines from cordelia is well i don't hate him can't say as i worship him either she paused a long time and looked up to meet her mother's eyes square on but when he's cut i bleed (laughs) Oh. oh my god it's so sweet and then his her mom is like crap she likes yeah. him a lot she's in deep yeah yeah also who voted for steady freddy <laughs> yeah everyone says everyone goes says they didn't also relevant <laughs> yeah like is beta really as great as people think it is mm. you know like beta like all the, all these like beta and all the other worlds with democracies which um we don't really see a lot of them because Setaganda is an empire um Jackson's Hole is sort of like all these houses that are warring against each other um I think Escobar is a democracy 
Earth, I believe, is still a democracy. But like, I think so. but like the big forces that we see are are usually like empires and stuff. And Beta is really the biggest democracy, but is it really behind the scenes? Yeah, I was actually thinking. Don't know. That, yeah, I was actually thinking that I would love for her to write a book set on um beta colony mm-hmm. um so we can get a better yeah like um there is um two characters later on end up going to beta colony like for um for school mm-hmm. um and i i would love like if she wrote a book with them as like the pov characters but we'll see um, so Cordelia is, you know, trying to just get back to normal life, get back into her, her, um, commission. Um, instead they try to force her into therapy. They want to commit her thinking she's brainwashed as a brain, brain agent because she wrote a letter to Errol and they of course intercepted it. And they're like trying to figure out what's going on with her. Um, and, uh, so this scene where she like basically tortures the therapist um mm-hmm. in the way she saw the Barrerans torture Dubauer, which is interesting uh by you know water torture um is, yeah i i i think i said to the i texted you this i was like i find this chapter even harder to read than the rape chapter yep it's it's really hard to read like anything anything to do with her and her therapists is really difficult for me yeah and it's like i mean because those are people you're supposed to trust and like you know in in generally you know you know therapists are you know good people who are you know trying to help people out but you know they're also just people Right. And just like there are, you know, good admirals like Errol and horrible admirals horrible like Verruder. Like, yep. Like, I mean, <laughs> I know it's just a, you know, fiction and, you know, a, a bad view on psychologists in general, but look at Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah, no, true. <laughs> you know. We don't, you know, our pop culture doesn't do a whole lot for therapists. No. Sorry, guys. You do good work. You do good work, but it's it's just horrifying. And I think it's 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 less the fact that it's the therapist, but it's it's someone she trusts, mm-hmm. and just the whole idea of being told that you're crazy. Like, well, that's I mean, that's having having been in a relationship with a narcissist. <laughs> um, you know that that you eventually begin to believe them. Yep. And you believe that you're the crazy one. Nobody else, you know, you're like, oh my God, maybe I did forget to do that. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I didn't say that. Maybe I didn't hear that. Um, And when you start doubting your own experience, that's a whole different. Yep. I I mean, that's that's really hard. I was just joking. That's what, that's not what I meant. Oh, you're just (laughs) overreacting. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, the whole thing thing of people in uh prominent positions of power saying things that are just not true and everyone just kind of going am i crazy right <laughs> a mass a mass that gas- like once a week mass gaslighting situation yep and uh, if you have not seen the movie gaslight you really should go yeah. watch it 
Um, I don't know if I could, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 less. I mean, it's more of a thriller, like a psychological ah, okay. thriller. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's, I mean, if just for the performances, it's worth watching. But yeah. it's, I, I think everyone, if you use that term, you should go watch that film. Yeah, because that's where it comes from. Yeah. As an aside, okay, moving on. <laughs> the sides are good. <laughs> Thanks. So. Basically, Cordelia, you know, water tortures her therapist. <laughs> By the way, I'm sorry, her saying grow gills is really hilarious. Yeah. I know it's not supposed to be. But um and and then she's kind of like, I I have no other choice. Like, I can't leave. Like, there's I, I can't stay. There's probably warrants out for my arrest right now, and they all think mm-hmm. I'm crazy. And then and she and, a and spy. she like I'm a crazy spy. And she even thinks that she even starts stop to think, am I an agent? Mm-hmm. And you know that's when they get you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like Cordelia starts stuttering while all this is going on. Um, and she says to the to the one of the therapists, I just have this awful vision of being peeled like an onion looking for the seeds. He grinned. Onions don't have seeds, Cordelia. I stand corrected, she said dryly. <laughs> That's such a good lie. Like, he just doesn't get it at nope. all. <laughs> nope. Um, and then she says, you know, and what if she's right and I'm wrong? What if I am an agent and don't know it? How do you tell a copy from the original? And it that sorts maybe that made me think, like, well, what what makes her believe so much in her conviction that she wasn't brainwashed? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to it's really hard to know yeah, like yeah. your brain is just all scrambled at yeah, that point yeah so um she ends up going to Brayar and but we'll, we'll we'll you know skip over her getting there but it's really hilarious how she like arranges like getting off the planet <laughs> um she reunites with Errol who's been killing himself with alcohol Thinking he'll never yeah. see her again. I, I know that I shouldn't, but that is a trope I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, she also gets her first meeting with Piotr, um, who, oh, who's ooh. kind of, you know, skeptical, but also, like, glad to see her. Um, they get married off page. Boo. Ooh. <laughs> um, and a few weeks Want later... to see the wedding! I know. A few weeks later, they take a trip to the Entmel Hospital to visit Ensign, Ensign Kadelka, who's getting treatment for his nerve disruptors, and little Elena Bathari is taken out of the replicator. And uh, she Did is... Did we talk about who she was? So Elena is one of the baby who's who is in the replicator, uh, the result of Bathari and Elena... I forget what her last name is, but basically she was the woman in this cell Cordelia was brought to who was then taken out. And she had been... Pregnated. Uh, raped and impregnated raped, by Bathari. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, and he, you know, he's basically arranged to have a foster mother for her, um, which is because probably he, he a wants good to idea. make sure that <laughs> she does not need to be raised with him. No, no. But he wants to make sure that she has the best of everything and she's taken care of and he yeah. wants to do right by her. Right. Um, so, chapter 15 is the last chapter. Um, there's a time jump to the end of the summer. Um, and, uh, they get a call to go see Emperor Azar, 
and who basically cons Errol into being the regent um, because Errol cannot say no. Um, he wants to, but Cordelia sort of talks him into doing it. Um, he he is the only person who can. Um, he's the only person who can who can um, deal with it. Basically, <laughs> he doesn't want the he doesn't want to be emperor, and the only person Azar can trust. Um. So yeah, um, Negri is assigned to the princess. Uh, Simon Elian is assigned to Errol. Errol recruits Kudelka to be his personal secretary and promotes him to the rank of lieutenant, which is so nice. Yep, <laughs> I love it. Um, I would just like to know, Errol suggests Verdarian for regent as first. This is a, nope, which mm-hmm. makes me That's crack up idea. considering the next book. Yep. Um, and then. Errol says to Cordelia, it's not the life you were anticipating when you left Beta Colony. And she says, I didn't come for a life. I came for you. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, and that's, that's, um, that's Shards of Honor. That's, it's it's a, an excellent book. It is an excellent book. Like, it's a really page turning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there was nothing about it that I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, the 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 torture and the rape made me uncomfortable. Yeah, um, but it didn't. It wasn't so bad that it stopped me from reading it. Right. It 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 was hard to read. Um, and I you know I don't doubt that things like that happen in real life. Um, you know I I like I like to move past that as as a yep. trope. Yep. Um, but yeah. Um, overall, a, a good book, um, and it's it's a really good introduction to the to the world, um, the the universe rather, the the, the galactic nexus. Um, <laughs> you know, like you we, you know we learn a little bit about Beta Colony. It's not very pretty. Um, there's there's a rem- there's a remark about the long looked for but still undiscovered advanced aliens. So we know that they're all humans in this in this galaxy. They all look like us. And we the the laws of physics still apply. They use wormholes to travel long distances. And That's one of the things I really liked, and I know we don't get into it yeah. in this book, but we get into the like the way they travel in some of the later books and yeah. how that works with a pilot and all that. And I was like, that is so inventive. Yes. I love it because you don't so inventive. Because it is, you know, you still have the whole conceit of you know you you can't you, you can't speak like you can't have real-time conversations with people on faraway planets you know yep. and and there's still like slow travel in systems and to the wormhole jumps um so there's like laws and things that are limiting the storytelling which i think a lot of times makes for good storytelling agreed um because and, if anything is possible there's nothing to constrain right your story um, yeah um and i you know they mentioned offhand several of the different um you know uh governments in the galaxy like nuevo brazilians which i don't think ever come up again <laughs> um Setaganda, uh and escobar you know are the the ones we see here um i also i just wanted to note this down because it made me feel really dumb 
as they're talking about as they're on the colony or the, mm-hmm. the planet first she says she wished she knew more about the matrix of blood relationships and power on Borear. she should, she could give the emperor's family name Verbara, it being associated with the name of the planet but beyond that she was quite vague and i just <laughs> stopped and was like oh my god I have read 12 books in this series and I did not figure out that Borear was named for the Vorbaras. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I know that Sergiar is named for Serg with Yar on the end of it. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, just like Borear. And then I never figured out where Bara came from. And now you know. Oh my God, I'm so dumb. Now we all know. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure I picked up on that after two or three books. So. I know, but uh. um, there's a short story at the end of this. It's very short, and it's it's sort of like it's called Aftermath. I didn't even know that it was a short story. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like an epilogue. Yeah, um, but it, it it's very poignant. It's you know a pilot and a and a med tech recovering bodies from the war, and the pilot doesn't understand why this the the med tech is so like meticulous with everything and thinks she's nuts um and then realizes you know one of the corpses she picks up is her daughter and she picked this for a reason she chose this sector so that she could try to find her daughter which is just heartbreaking yeah um and you know it's unrelated to the the you know the the main characters that we have but again i think it's um you know she lois mcmaster bujold will always explore the aftermaths of you know war and conflict and like you know everything has a consequence you know she doesn't shy away from it and she never makes things easy for her characters and i think that's why this story is so good yep so yeah that's shards of honor um if you haven't read it you should go read it why'd you listen to the show (laughs) i mean they could just want a synopsis that's true this is significantly less time than sitting down to read a book it is also we're very um we're very intriguing individuals of course we are <laughs> duh. i mean you should just want to listen just because we're interesting people right so do you have any final thoughts about shards of honor um i think it's a great um i think it's a great first book in the series um I think it's a it does a really good job of building enough of a world that you're interested to read more. Yeah. Um, and it lays a really good foundation for what she does in the future, even though she wrote them all out of order. And I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but it lays a really good foundation for the books chronologically. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was a good first book to to go into i don't know how it would go reading this book and then jumping ahead to the warrior's apprentice i think i think it might work because elena is born at the end of this book Mm -hmm. um and you can kind of assume that miles you know you know who miles is but i feel like i feel like you really need barayar i think you really need that bridge yeah yep yeah um and you know Borear is literally takes place like the next day. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean it's it's not so much as a nut of a next book as like you wake up the next morning and yeah. it's jump pretty straight like, into there's it. There's more of a like honestly, it's like it feels like the last chapter should be the first chapter of Borear almost. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
because um, there's a there's a time jump at the end of the last chapter before the last chapter and then like literally they wake up the next day on a they're just going about the same business they were going about before yeah Mm -hmm. um so yeah we'll we'll we'll, uh chat about brer next time um cordelia is with child which um is is odd for her as a as a (laughs) baton they don't do it that way they don't and they shouldn't she thinks it's so uncivilized it is uncivilized and i We'll rant next time about uterine replicators and why we should have them. <laughs> like, I know, well, like, I know when they were talking about, like, they sort of had the artificial womb with the lamb mm-hmm. and people were like, oh, my God, that's so awful. And I just I was like, oh, my God, this is like the uterine this replicator. Do it now. Yeah. Yep. Like, why would anyone not want to do this? <laughs> it saves your body and it it's safer and saves it helps. lives it saves all kinds of things it yeah. helps people who are infertile <sighs> like right i don't see anything wrong with it <laughs> i don't really either i mean uh, i'm sure i think most people's resistance to things like that are either deeply entrenched a deeply entrenched belief system about mm-hmm. something or which they have they, on beret or in spades <laughs> yep or they don't understand it or some yeah. combination of the two. Yeah. Uh, of note on Burhar, um, you, you find this out later on. It's not like so much of a plot point as, as it is world building. But um, you find out that um, Burhar values boys so much that there was in, like an imbalance. There was uh, a shortage. Of girls. And so like by the time Miles is like, you know, of the age where he could try to find a wife, it's pretty much impossible yep. <laughs> all the girls are sort of taken or just like they start paired off <laughs> and because well, they're in such high demand yeah and like and it gives the woman this position of power because they can enter into marriages and make demands now that uterine replicators are introduced to Berea, they can make demands and say i want to use a uterine replicator for the birth and the men have to go along with it yeah, because otherwise they won't have, like, you're out of luck. She'll yeah. go find somebody else. No big deal. Right. And so by the time, you know, Miles is older and having babies, you know, and, you know, people around him, his age are having babies, you know, it's um, it's it's not seen as unusual anymore to use a uterine replicator. So Right. Um, which, you know, goes to show Cordelia's influence on, on the world. Which I love. Yes. So yeah, thank you all for joining us for this discussion of Shards of Honor. And I believe we're going to record in a few weeks um, to discuss Berear, and that should be up at the end of the month. So um, if you have any questions or comments about the books or just want to, you know, talk about the podcast, give us a review, whatever, be sure to do so. We would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. So uh, thanks all for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. The Varkosa Cast is a Tashi Station podcast brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station for more details. And we thank you all for supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter with the handles at NancyPants, at R underscore A underscore Smith, and at Tashi underscore Station. 
Subscribe to the show on iTunes via the Tashi Station Master Feed or the Tashi Station Book Club Feed. And don't forget to leave us a review. Forward momentum!